0: is EJS from Thrivality, and I wanted to give you a quick introduction on why you should listen to this podcast with uh, Hansel Conroy, the owner of Crowbar Gym, where they have some really advanced equipment to help people um, you know, build muscle and uh, perform at a high level. So the reason you should listen is Hansel is Hansel's just a really interesting guy, right? He's a federal police officer Uh, He's an expert in bodybuilding, and as I noted, he's got some fantastic equipment um, at his place in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, He's a martial artist. Um, He knows a lot about nutrition, uh, a lot about mindset. Um, He's just overall a true Renaissance man. So um, we cover his background of how he got interested in fitness and health and bodybuilding, um, what services he offers at Crowbar Gym, why the ARC Uh, fitness technology is so unique and how it's different than other bodybuilding approaches. Um, his, um, how everyone is, is sort of different, right? Um, like I'm a hard gainer, you know, um, other people can gain really easily. Um, top advice. So really overall for building muscle, how mindset plays a role in bodybuilding. One of some of the tips and tricks for dealing with, you know, self-doubt or, or trauma, um, we also talk about nutrition. I'm, you know, sort of more on the paleo carnivore side-ish kind of a thing. He's more plant-based, and we talk a little bit about his approach. Um, we talk about meal timing, um, you know, supplements, of course, martial arts, meditation, things like that. So, great podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Did you know that your immune system has two branches, TH1 and TH2, innate and the adaptive system. And that 80% of your immune function resides in your gut. However, the immune system become can become dysregulated, either through stress, illness, um, life events, things like that. And also you can develop poor cell-to-cell communication. So in other words, things can become dysregulated. Now, traditional immune support like vitamin C, zinc, quercetin, N-acetylcysteine, echinacea, things like that, elderberry. Those are all great. Those are ingredients that your immune system can use to do its job. But what if the flight plans have gotten a little bit scrambled? Well, there's a way to deal with that now, right? There's a there's a new kid on the block um, that's a new class of immune support that actually targets the gut uh, where 80% of the immune function resides. And it's called holoimmune immune. And it's a new class of product because it's a para-probiotic. So these are strains of young probiotics that have been heat treated and, and killed. And so that changes the cellular nature and how they communicate... Yeah, with the cells in the gut, and so it really basically modulates the immune system, and rebalances Th1 and Th2, and enables better cell-to-cell communication. I've had great results with this product. I take two every day, um, you know, with my breakfast. I feel more energy. I feel more balanced. Um, so this is a great addition to your immune support. And I think it's worthy of you giving it a try. You can visit HealthyGut.com and use the discount code THRIVE15 for 15% off your order for HoloImmune or any of the Healthy Gut products. Thanks and enjoy. Hey, folks. This is EJS from Thrivality. And I am super excited to interview uh, my friend, my coach, Hansel Conroy is one of my favorite human beings, uh, one of the most interesting men in the world. (laughs) Uh, Hansel is a federal police officer. He is a bodybuilding and fitness expert, a martial artist, a philosopher uh, uh, and I think a a renaissance man in his own right. He also thinks a lot about spirituality, uh, the mindset, um, and he knows a lot about nutrition. So we're sitting here at Crowbar Gym, his uh, place in uh, Leesburg, Virginia. And uh, we're going to talk today about bodybuilding, fitness, and uh, martial arts, philosophy, nutrition, and uh, I think anything that just kind of flows into this dream here. So uh, Hansel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me.
1: Yeah. Welcome Uh, to the Crowbar Gym. So where we are right now, downtown Leesburg.
0: Uh, Yeah. So let's kind of start from how did you get interested in fitness, bodybuilding, arts? Uh, I've kind of been around
1: it all my life. Um, I grew up in a family that was, I'm from Peru originally, so I grew up in a family that were military, and I was always a physical kid. I did a lot of physical activity. I worked on farms and things like that, and I liked martial arts when I was a child, so, and I like Bruce Lee, and, yeah. and, and because it was, you know, if you look at it, it's like, you know, he kind of looks like me, right, in a sense, but at the end of the day, it's it didn't really matter. It's just some person who was really impressive on, on scene, and uh, and I got influenced by that, and I always wanted to practice martial arts, and uh, and I, f- I found different teachers on the way, and, and that's what I did. Uh, the the physical fitness came, I would say, it was always there, but I, when it came to like real more structure, um, John Cown, John Cown, and thing, I think Mister Metcalf are the two teachers that I had in in South Lakes. So I was at South Lakes, and they were the one John Cown, if I remember correctly, was a football player a lineman if i believe okay who was for the redskins and he retired and he was a teacher uh. and then later and then later on uh he he used to work with uh i think metcalf is the name of the teacher who was also he actually was a bodybuilder at one time and he looked the part and he did all the weightlifting. and uh, i realized once i went to it so i didn't know shit like i did a lot of calisthenics i ran and i just kind of picked books but you always need somebody kind of Really hone you in, yeah. Uh, and then once I learned his method, uh, I started just going into other stuff. You know, I got directed to the right place. So the method that they used there was bigger, faster, stronger. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you ever heard. Yeah, of that. I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a time-improving method. Uh, you get a if you if you go on their website, they have a uh, they have a disc you can you know download or pretty much buy, and it calculates all the numbers when you do all your maxes, and uh, that's kind of like the method I still kind of use in my head. Uh, and then from there i went on to high intensity training and and some other things that you know that we could talk about so do you want me to tell you what i do here at the gym yeah let's
0: talk about crowbars you know so just for the listener i i come here yeah. once a week we got introduced through a mutual friend yes uh, i knew you for probably over a year and then i was like all right let me let me let me give this a shot so i drive folks just to give you the background i drive a solid 30 to 35 minutes from uh, basically the Tyson's Corner area all right. the way out to Leesburg, Virginia to train with Hansel once a week. Uh, and it's it's been a really I think a game changer for me. I'm sensing my like my nervous system strength is stronger, my physical strength is stronger. But we, we knock out a ton in, in the twenty to thirty minutes that we we're together. correct. So maybe let's start there. Yeah.
1: So uh, you know, it, let's put things into perspective first. So what let's what my gym does, right? So my gym is really I'm using uh, I'm using the most effective stuff that you can use for the general population. So the reality is is that my market target that I find to be needed most, right? That's needed in that target market. is people who don't really want to train, the people who don't want to actually, you know, put in the extra effort and time. Uh, and mind you, I came from a, a large volume, very heavy, you know, Olympic weightlifting, uh, you know, they call heavy lifts, uh, bigger, faster, stronger is also another version of it. Okay. A lot of volume means you're doing a lot of sets and reps and all kinds of stuff like that. So the method that I use here is super slow or high intensity training, or they okay. call it hit. Uh, and I don't say that because I also done CrossFit. So I used to be a CrossFit instructor, and CrossFit is high volume, high speed, right? And it is a hit because you are technically you're doing a a form of hit, but it's not really hit. So people get confused that. So the method that I use to get down to the nitty gritty is slow moving. High tension, so you're consistently creating tension, going to failure. Positive failure is what you're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. And those are the three principles that you're trying to achieve. And you do it with one round if possible. And depending on the equipment, uh, better equipment gives you a superior edge in achieving this goal. So here at the gym, I have adaptive resistance exercise machines. Uh, and some people come in for the philosophy. Some people come in for the machines. And some other people come in for you know they just don't they don't care. They just want to coach. And then they realize oh I'm coming in here once a week and I can train and then I roll out. And if you don't talk and you get your mindset in the space that you need to get into, you pretty much get you finish with the workout in fifteen minutes or ten depending on what you're doing. And the objective there is that uh, you're taking care of the contraction. So, therefore, you don't have to do like a traditional bodybuilding type of workout would be a three-day split or something like mm-hmm. that. And it would be like four or five chest workouts plus shoulders and, and all these other intricate different grip, uh, different bars. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. I, I think if you have the time, and if you want to do that kind of lifting... Co-have at it. I think it's it's effective, but at the end of the day, you're missing the point. You don't really have to so if you once you get to a place where you're an expert lifter You don't actually have to do a lot of volume. You can do less volume uh, Maximize the potential of the cell of the muscle and you can do it in three or two sets Just in the first set will be like a warm-up and the second set would be closer to and then the problem there is that you're finding or you're guessing where your maximal would be, meaning your, the, the potential for your cell to technically activate. When you do high intensity training, high tension, high, you know, high contraction, uh, what ends up happening is, is that when you push and you go slowly and you move slowly, you're going to push the weight that it is correct, especially on the machines here. The minute you push and you actually really drive hard on the ARX, it's gonna give you feedback exactly what it is. You're not guessing. Right? So you I can see it on the screen, right? You can right? see it on the screen, so you see the number right off the uh, right off the bat. And if you hold back, I can see it. I can see if you hold yeah. back because if you've yeah. been here 3 or 4. I can't I hours, can't
0: fake it with breathing. No, not at all. <laughs> and grunting. And then the and then the
1: second piece of the ARX machine that's really beautiful in technology is that we actually get the best benefit when we lower a weight. And that's what you do with steel or or um, a weighted stack like a Nautilus machine or a Smith machine. But then on the ARX, when you push, let's say you're doing the bench press, you push forward, the the electric motor, because that's what you're fighting, will push back onto you. Your body will resist like you're pushing forward. Your negative load is already loaded, and you'll see a red line go up eighty to forty percent more. So the negative always stronger, eighty to forty percent. And the reason why that is is because it's just mechanics. So when you jump off, let's say you jump off the like a ledge or something like that, you have to you have to, your body is already equated. You know you already calculated the fact that you're going to have that speed, and then you have to descend yourself, in, you know, and not like bounce. If you were strong in the positive in the same way you were strong in the negative, you wouldn't be able to technically support yourself. You wouldn't be able to descend into a movement. So the ARX is very unique because it helps you really, really dig deep into the negative load. Compared to other tools, you're just lowering the weight at the same capacity. You can mimic it. Let's say you had a weight stack.
0: So let's, let's talk a little bit yeah. about that. So mm-hmm. if I am doing a bench press and the bar is coming Correct. in, yes. right, you
1: would be lowering it. That's 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 the, if you had if you had a bench I'm on a bench press if you're on a bench press with a bar, you would lower it yourself. And you have and you're equating that because that's how you rip the muscle and you and you get more stimulus. But you're not no one's pushing the weight down on you. That's the difference. So the only way we, we can mimic that in the in the weight room is having uh, have another person on one side of the bar and have another person on another side of the bar. And while you are while you're holding it up, we would stack the weight on that steel. So, mm-hmm. the we would so the difference, yeah, so I think that micro. Yeah,
0: this is the difference is so the ability for someone, the, the amount of weight that mm-hmm. someone can push up. Yes. Is different than they can lower. Exactly. And you're that's
1: 80%, 80% by 80%. That's why when you have inferior tools, and I hate to say it that way because I love barbells and dumbbells and all that stuff. It is an inferior tool because you're, you, the problem is you're balancing it. You're not getting the negative, the the actual right. you're, weight you're from you're the negative. You're trying to do all the work. By yeah, the positive. and you're actually just lowering it, so you're missing eighty percent of the actual power that you can generate. And so when Arthur Jones created this system, because he's mm-hmm. the man who created the fitness industry at at one point, uh, he created Nautilus machines. He realized he used to say this. He used to say your uh, barbells are too good for you. And meaning that most people don't have the aptitude, the time or the capacity or the mental fortitude to work really hard. And he used to make statements like, you never had a real workout until you almost vomited after a curl. And, and the, now this is like extreme, it almost sounds like CrossFit here. The reality is, is that when you do high intensity training too, it's actually tremendously safe, tremendously safe effectively. Safe. Well, yeah. I mean,
0: when I come here, right, I'm doing one or two reps with you. Yeah. And, and, and by the time I'm done, you know, we go through a series of, I don't know what you call you, you, it. Yeah, you have a, I'm s- done. yeah, you For have minutes, I'm we done. do the whole
1: body here. Uh, but you, I do, I do have a group that does a three day split. They do legs, they do back and they do chest. And I do a little bit more volume with them. And at the end of the day, to be honest with you, it depends on the person. Some people get great benefits with it. Other people don't. Right. And what I mean is if, if that person who gets great benefits with it, if he does once a week, right, the only difference is can he tolerate it? Does is he fresh? Is he mentally is he mentally and you can see it on the screen. Yeah. If they're not
0: recovered, you can see it. Correct. Right?
1: Yeah. And, and meaning that uh, the, the biggest thing is when it comes to high intensity people who are in the like super slow and, and perfect workouts and stuff like that. Uh, and some of the like Doug McGuff is another guy that yeah, I yeah, would yeah, recommend yeah. those people talk about this is science This is this is the way you should go and they're very militant about things And the problem is is that I can send you to a brutal workout like we have like this And if you're not if you're not mentally strong to get your mind around it, you're not gonna come back So I do I do work out here with people where I do okay? We're gonna do 50% of your effort. We do like sets and reps, you know, and I trick them into getting there, right? And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And the beauty about it too is that the machine here, the it adds that negative. That's like doing two extra rounds, you know. Ten. And eventually, you get so strong from doing it so much. You your body wants to push harder to get to get past the uh, to get through the workout quicker. Your body just gets naturally into it. Automatically. Yeah. You know, so I've heard one guy and he goes, no, I just want to do really soft push. And he's just like pushing soft. By the time he does his fourth workout, he's like, God, I hate this band machine. And he's and he's actually really driving maybe on the fourth repetition or the third repetition to get that big high number. And you don't necessarily have to do that. You don't have to go extreme. So the beauty about the technology, it allows me to really leverage. Uh, a lot of the stuff that it would take me longer to do if I had uh, other tools. Yeah. And, yeah and, and using other tools, you really gotta know what you're doing too. You know, using a dumbbell, squat racks, barbells and stuff like that. Learning as, a, as an instructor, learning how to get someone to failure is tremendously hard, especially if you're not doing any calculations. So bigger, faster, stronger, they actually calculate your maxes, everything from 10 rep max, three rep maxes, five rep maxes and then you do the math and then you get what you would consider to be is a 75, I would say a 30 percentile of range that is close to your max out output. And that's kind of like a sweet spot where you can work and really dig into the muscle cell. But remember, you're going upward, so meaning when you create this kind of workout, you're adding, you're adding, you're adding until you figure it out. On the ARX machine, there is no figuring out. You push straight right through, you either, the first round will either become a warm up, and then you do the second one, and go, oh, I had more juice, and then you get to the highest peak, and then you wear out, meaning you wear all the, you squeeze the muscle out of everything. And then if you do another round, guess what? If you actually do, if you go higher than your original score, guess what? You didn't put out, you didn't do what you needed to do. And that's how you can tell where somebody's at. But if you have the first round and then the second round is off by about twenty, you know, twenty pounds or thirty pounds or forty percent or something like that, then okay, you're done. You're done. You don't need to do another round. There's no point.
0: Yeah. So let's describe the equipment so just people have a visual picture. So in this room there are two machines. Yes. One is kind of for like, sit, you could so stand if or you want, sit, so if you want, to sit, so you yeah, can. so
1: if you want, you can go to arxfit.com or you can go to my website too. And, and, and your website is, and my website is it's just www.crowbargym.com. You can see the machines on there. Uh, but the bet, so what it is is it's just a chassis platform, and they almost look like really sp- like space age, like motorcycles, right? Yeah, and so of- one, one looks like you're like riding on a bike, like from Tron. Right, and the other one looks like a high-speed like pulley machine, and it has screens. And uh, they all have electric motors, right? And originally, when I seen the, op- the prototypes for this, if I remember correctly, they were like garage door openers. The, the, the money that they put into these machines was an amazing feat, because most people in the fitness industry now, they are going old school. They're going old school strength. That's best, that was what I used to do. Tires, chains, you know, anything that you can do at home, and there's nothing wrong with those things, uh, but better... And then, of course, you're getting away from, like, the Smith machines. You're getting away from uh, from Nautilus machines or something like that. And those are superior machines. So you can do better things with them. You can be safer with them. Uh, but at the end of the day, these machines are just electric motors. You're generating the force the output is showing is being shown on the screen yeah. and the programming is where you're really looking at everything your the programming tells you the force it tells you the time uh, force means the weight yeah. right because you're generating weight and then the stimulus is being provided really by the cables or the platform because one is a platform machine where you do a leg press a row you do a bench press and there's a other couple things that I do on there like curls and stuff like that and then the other one is more of a cable machine uh, and that one, one's called the Alpha. That's the one I just described. The cable machine is called the Omni, and the Omni has more. Uh, just has belt squat. It has pretty much almost any kind of pec fly you want to do, chest press, pull downs. You know you can do curls, triceps. Uh, you can do leg curls, uh, stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's definitely advanced. It's yeah, advanced stuff. And
0: I think the other thing that's is is you can size. The equipment to the client, Correct. right? Yes. And then you save that the memory. Correct. Right? Yeah, and that's so the that's thing. So that's too. a really thick Yeah, because the setup you have, is
1: so quick. Exactly. Because when you go on a Nautilus, let's say we take a lot of guys who do high intensity training, they like Nautilus machines, because especially the really old ones. Uh, because they actually have better cams. Cams are the little yeah. mechanisms that spin yeah. and they give you a better range of motion. Uh, but when you size someone, you actually have to dot, jot down all this data, right? And that's a lot of thinking all day. So the ARX machines leverage your all the stuff that you would have to do as a trainer. Yeah, because my body size is very yeah. are different. Exactly. Tall? Yeah. So when you and, come in, you yeah, know. and when you come in, you just sit there. I just press the buttons. Everything goes back. Yeah, you find my profile, and, and then, it's like man. it's like being in a Ferrari. Your settings are there. Boom, you're done. And then after that, you, all you do is get to work. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't, you don't even the trainer doesn't have to worry other than your technique, your mindset, and the effort. And as a as a you know as a student coming in here as a as an athlete, I call everybody an athlete in here. You are just worried about okay what what is my mindset what is where am I what did I do I don't just need to focus on my breathing I need to focus on my precision you know where am I where am I losing my my mental fortitude yeah especially right. if you're doing high intensity very seriously then focusing is tremendously important that's why in high intensity places they don't do music uh, you know they do like a metrodome. I don't do any of that stuff it's I find it to be very tedious it's not necessary um, I know the high intensity people might like you know oh sacrilege. Um, but at the end of the day, my goal is to bring people here and make sure that they get a workout. Yeah. And and this is another thing that's very unique about high intensity training. We can do, let's say we just do three movements, just a bench, like a bench press, a row, and a squat, right? Or a leg press. If you did that for 100 years, you'll get more benefits if you did everything under the sun. And the reason why is because you just don't need everything else. Now, the problem there is that you as, a, as, a, as an athlete will be bored so yeah you gotta uh, mix it up exactly yeah, so yeah. and the mixing up just to be frank is to be honest is, it's not necessary but you mix it up to keep it fresh to keep people engaged and I do that and and what I try to do is always keep the same three principles okay let's say one of the principles is work to failure yeah okay so if you do that in your workout you're doing great the other one is having the right stimulus so that means having the right weight affect the cell of the muscle this is not movement guys Because I put people on here with statics, and I'll get to that in a second. So if you affect the cell effectively, that means contraction rate is important. That means from start to finish, you're contracting the muscle. So you're going at the right speed. Yep. And then there's the tempo if you move, but the machine takes care of the tempo. So you don't have to worry about that. And then after that, it's just making sure that you have... uh, The other one is is called um, intensity. And intensity is hard to explain for some people. It is linked it is linked to uh, to strength on the machine you can see it there intensity is how you relate to the failure point so for example like let's say you were running or moving a weight or something like that nature you're like man I'm about to give up right and you're lifting let's say you started at 100 pounds now you're lifting at three pounds because that's what you'll see has how high intensity works it's not about more about less and then it still feels at the beginning of the workout that you're lifting 100 pounds you're it's a very intense workout you started at hundred. And now you're getting so fatigued on the machine that you're only lifting three pounds. Yeah. Right? And you can do that on this machine versus others. But if you hold it there just three or four more repetitions, or you hold it there at a static, right? Or you have your friend lift up the weight just a little bit more for you and hold it just a little bit longer before you believe that you're going to fail, right? Man, I'm about to vomit here or something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? That's where you need to be at. Cool. And mind you, it's very safe.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your body doesn't believe that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about technique because I think one of the other things that I've appreciated in working with yeah. you is, I, you know, I'm really good at the functional health side mm-hmm. stuff. I, I just don't know fitness and bodybuilding, right? So it's it's, you know, it's the angle of my wrists. It's, it's yeah. all that stuff that you're able to sort of guide. Yeah. How, how important is that in, in a gym?
1: So, you know, when you look at the, the greatest bodybuilders out there or even good personal trainers, um, mm-hmm. Vince Gironda is really good. I would say recommend watching his stuff. Arthur Jones was big on it. Um, we also have some of the guys like Mike Metzer, although I recommend all those. Uh, modern bodybuilder guys or would be more like a John Hart American bodybuilder. You can find him too as well. Technique is tremendously important. The reason why is because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I did CrossFit, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bash it, even though I love it. If you look at a real CrossFit trainer or a real CrossFit athlete, you'll see they get better with every rep, even with volume. So that means that because the fact that they're getting better is because their reps are their key points in every rep, right? All the stuff that they're doing to make that technique more effective, right? That's why they're actually being, that's why they can lift more weight. That's why they can go faster and quicker safely. Most people, what they do is they thrash, they lose energy, they technically, they accelerate too much. And their arms are flailing everywhere. They're not holding their positions right, and so they have these horrible habits. And then when they get to real weight, usually most people can lift up to one hundred and thirty-five pounds to one hundred fifty pounds. But in a CrossFit games, for example, you'll see people after one hundred fifty pounds, after two hundred pounds, almost a thousand people just get out of out of the games. And the reason why is because there's three principles. One, the athletes that are really into it, they've really lifted, they know how to lift, and they do with technique. Then the second thing is they devote time and effort into Olympic weightlifting, gymnastics, and all these other stuff, okay. and those are disciplines. Those are, yeah. those are sports. Those are sports. And I'm not a big I'm not a big like Olympic weightlifter expert here, but just when I was looking into it and I did my research, right, just to move the bar from the floor all the way to your hip, it's 21, uh, 21 technique points. I mean, that's an ama- that's a yeah. lot, and we're using it as a form of, of um, we're using that as a form of exercise. And there's nothing wrong with it if you know what you're doing, and you're devoting the time and effort. Here in the gym, or any machine, they're superior because once you sit that person, and you tell them, hey, move your, move your arms this way, clench this, or move like, the position needs to be like this, and you're moving very slow, you're taking a couple of things out of the, uh, the equation. One, the contraction's always there, number one. Two, you're starting at a high, uh, high energy point, but very safely, so you can control it. And then you get fatigued, so then the intensity goes up, and when you that means that your muscles really tired, and you're gonna make mistakes. But if you, but now that it's at three pounds or five pounds or whatever, it doesn't matter because the weight's so low. Because and you can do that. You can also do the same thing with a stack. And then the other thing is the way you position your arms are important. And the reason why is if you have that consistency. You won't use other muscles that are not now. Mind you, other muscles will will eventually uh, play their role because a lot of people are like oh no, weights are everything or sandbags are everything, and they don't want to use machines because they believe that the machine doesn't have uh, doesn't have the balance point. You can't get strong enough. It's not functional, and that's silly because it doesn't make any sense. That has no nothing to do with it. When you're on the machine, if you do if you use the machine appropriately and correctly, same as a barbell, right? and you move slow, and you don't use inertia, what you're doing there is you're recruiting more muscle, almost to the point where even, let's say you were doing a bench press seated, right on the machine, your, your whole foot will actually grip the ground and stabilize you even though you're not using the foot your abs will be engaged you know your yeah. back will be engaged you're engaging the whole everything wants to move as a unit now you're isolating the chest and the shoulders right and as long as you keep the technique there everything else is still engaged right so you're going to use other muscles to stabilize you so you're if you're moving super quick and fast, guess what? You're not going to get the benefits of the machine, including bu- dumbbells and, and barbells and stuff like that. If you move the barbells slowly, you can, you can technically, and there are a lot harder, because if you move it incorrectly, one, you get hurt. Two, you're actually using other muscles versus the target muscles. And two is you're missing the point. It's not about moving weight. It's about stimulating muscle. And that's the whole
0: goal. Yeah, people forget that. Yeah. Okay, um, so what else do you do here at the gym? Because you've got the bodybuilding component with the arc. Mm-hmm. What else? What other services? Do you do well, I'm going to
1: get into the bodybuilding part. So let's let's uh, be real here. So okay. bodybuilding, as we know it, uh, from a professional standpoint, uh, you know, and I respect them all. I think they're wonderful people, and you know, and I've actually tried, you know, the the supplements myself. Uh, before. So the reality is, is that a lot of the you can't when you're talking about bodybuilding, most what people see is a person who is genetically superior, and on top of that, they are also on drugs, right? And then so if you really want to look at bodybuilders, right, you have to look at natural bodybuilders or natural competitions, okay. right? So you have to you have to technically take them apart. So if you're doing workouts, for example, that are more like the magazine workouts, the people that use steroids, and there's nothing wrong. I'm gonna be very honest with you. The steroids don't make a valuable. It's the hard work. It's the principles. The steroids help, right? To a degree, it does because they recover more. Now, there's advanced there's advanced chemicals that people use and people get into them and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you do not have the basics, because there's a lot of people, not now a lot of retired bodybuilders are kind of going out, out of their way to be like, look, you need to learn the principles, you need to learn how to diet, you need to learn how to lift, you need to learn the techniques. You need to learn how to recover. You, know, you need to learn how to recover. Yeah. And so these kids are going out there buying all this stuff, spending $1,000 dollars. And it's just going down the shitter right because they don't know how to do a good lift they don't know how to do the proper technique they don't know how to diet they don't know how to do the basics yeah so at the end of the day if you want to really look into stuff the bodybuilding drugs are there just to help you recover but you got to put in the work so let's put that to the side now that if you're trying to build muscle either you're genetically superior right and that means that you're going to look like a bodybuilder so for a perfect example i used to wrestle with a kid i trained him at twelve, he had a he had an Optimus Prime chest, and he had he had boulders for for shoulders, and, and he had baseballs for uh, you know for biceps, and he and you can just see his lineage and his and his father, and he already had these. They're called muscle bellies, and they're tied in in a certain way. You can't compare yourself to a person that way. So when you talk about bodybuilding, it's about creating an illusion creating so bodybuilding at the end of the day is really really all about proper eating proper dieting and then building symmetry that's what bodybuilding is and then if you are a if you are a natural bodybuilder you want to you want to technically maximize your genetic potential by uh, going at it in the better in the better manner that means proper nutrition proper recovery Making sure that you're lifting correctly and you stay with it, and it may take you, you know, if you put on an inch a year, then let's say you just began that, you know, that um, that practice, and you just started, you're gonna get those natty, those uh, sort of those newbie gains, right? You're gonna go, okay, cool, I put on some. Now, muscle. now,
0: what about uh, Let's talk about the hard gainers like me, right? The tall. The tall yeah, so if you're guys, if right? some
1: people, are, so also people to to talk. This is what they talk about a lot in, in high intensity training people are predisposed to what sport do they do. So I'm a wrestler, I'm a boxer, I do a lot of that stuff. You know, like when, when I really get into it, I look more kind of like that, but I'm not truly a bodybuilder like you see on stage, right? So a person who's a hard gainer, right? It's really about the principles and making sure that they stick with the weightlifting program. What you see normally is a person who normally runs, does a lot of endurance. Yeah, I'm more of like a yeah, cyclist. Yeah, exactly. Runner, right? And those guys can, if they actually devote the time and effort into switching the modality, right, into lifting, they can get some size. But if you're if you're digging so much into your cardiovascular system and, and let's put it to this perspective, if you're really pushing yourself to win those to win those long races getting mass will be tough Okay. Because but if you're a casual cyclist. If you're a casual. If you're, if you're, and that's, and so this is another thing. Cause that's like, me, right? Yeah. I, I go and for And then that's it. another thing too. Let's say you're just optimized, meaning that when you go out and you do 40 miles or you run, you know, 10 miles or whatever, right? You're doing it and you can do it. It's no sweat off your back and you're doing it because it's yeah, leisure. Yeah, I can knock off 15 miles. You have adapted. Done. And so that's another thing too. It's like a lot of people don't understand. Mm-hmm. If you're adapted to your workout, right? If you can do your workout and you feel fresh. Right? You don't feel tired. You don't feel like you got in past something. You're not doing it right. You're just wasting your time. And that's why here, if you do, that's why you only come here once a week. Because when you do, it's like okay. you, you did like you just did yeah. three days of yeah. it, right? Yeah. And you're done. And like you feel spent, now the recovery is the part where you create muscle. It's where the muscle build. Well, you know, it's
0: the other thing that I've noticed that's coming here is, you know, like the first time that I came, mm-hmm. I was so done. And I was done the next day, yes, too, yes. and the day after exactly, that, yeah. right? But now when I do it, like I, I was here yesterday, and, I, and then, I crushed it yesterday. Yeah, you did. Right? And, that, and that's another and, and, thing, and, too. And, but today, I'm, I'm, I'm all right.
1: And that's another thing, too. Just because you do high-intensity training doesn't mean you can't adapt to it. You can't. And so that's why I have a problem with some of the high intensity people where, like, well, if you just, if you just, it's kind of like saying, if you just take that battery and you keep hitting the door, you will eventually get it. Yes, to a degree. But you have to understand people, people, you can, the science is good, it's pure, it works. The problem is, is, is there, is there, is there head in the game, right? So if you're coming in here and you're, and you're really driving to push harder, then you're going to get those results because intensity is there. Okay. right yeah and here you don't have to worry about the, the the power output the next thing too is eating eating for a hard time. Hey, let's, talk about, let's talk about nutrition yeah.
0: yeah so you know nutrition is um it's a complex thing it's a complex thing yeah, a right complex and i think people have it's like you know it's kind of like bodybuilding and fitness it's the variable well it's like it's like religion and politics yeah, right you 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 have so many different opinions mm-hmm. so I think you and I probably differ a little bit on the nutrition side because yes. I'm more of a meat kind of person, you're mm-hmm. more of a vegan kind of person, but Yeah, I do
1: more I say plant-based.
0: Plant-based. Okay. Yeah, plant-based. So, what is what are some tips for people in terms of nutrition timing, right? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and and quality. Like So,
1: so for the average person, let's get this out there because there's categories of people, right? For the average person, uh, no matter what modality you use, I want you to get away from the fats. So meaning if you're doing low carb and all these other things, you need to get away from all that stuff. Carnivore, all that stuff. There's only so many people that can do that. I went to a whole food plant-based diet. Before I did that, I did a Mediterranean diet, right? And so I did like a Mike Metzer, uh, 60% carbohydrates, 50% fats, and about a 25% like protein. And the more I did research on the subject matter is from a longevity standpoint, plants are everything plants and, and the whole grains and food and stuff like that and now to put this in in there as well if your microbiome is off if you can't absorb food right you're gonna have a bad day so if you have somebody that's like well all i can do is low carb because i can't ingest beans or i can't ingest you know nightshades or i can't do that that means that you are so malnourished that you can't absorb an apple you know what i mean it just it just that means that you need to start really focusing on your health Versus aesthetics. That means you need to work your body. You need to work the inside
0: from the outside. So yeah, I mean, this is a complex issue, right? Yes, so, is. so, so my journey into you know this whole interest in in health started correct. really primarily with the gut, correct? And I've been on a twenty-year journey to get my gut better, and it correct. is much better. Yes but i could never do you know i'm better but i could never do uh, a plant based 60 40 plant no like, it'll be tough i, 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 I can't do it yeah anymore.
1: it's very tough for you and and, and yeah. that's another thing too like you know um, i've done almost every diet on the census because i was experimenting with them and I've yeah. i Yeah i mean i started with the zone diet yeah and i, I and, and it's and and mind you, all diets are very successful so a lot of people who do whole food plant based they'll say yeah, you know if you're trying to lose weight you know cocaine's a great a hell of a drug because really in the reality of it when you look at across the board any diet you use and you stick to it and you apply the principles, guess what? There's always three factors or something like that. One is caloric, the caloric, uh, the, the calorie count point is there, number one. And it's just a way of measuring, right? Yeah. In reality, your stomach actually goes off of weight. So let's say you to fill your body up, you have five pounds of, let's say, five pounds of meat, five pounds of carbs, or five pounds of oil, right? I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Your body is like, all right, cool, I'm full. Now, the thing about it is you can trick the body into feeling full, right, if you technically go more plant-based and you have more density in the stomach. Calories with that is you. when people get into calorie counting and stuff like that, what people are doing is they're fighting something against their nature they're fighting hunger. They're fighting, they're fighting. Which behavior. means they're not doing it right. Uh, not really. And then also yeah. too, they have to get past the, uh, they have to get past right. the uh, the pleasure markers and all the addictions that they have and all these the other things. So they, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd, I asked somebody like, hey, can you get rid of oil because you have arthritis? From all right, the so me, let me, let
0: me, a couple yeah. questions. So why are you not f- against fats, like avocado or olive oil? So
1: I, I'd rather have natural fats right versus having oil fats right now don't get me wrong some oils are okay but they're not really healthy they're they're what most people do is is that at the end of the day if you give somebody the ability to start eating so much oils or so much fats and they have to lose a lot of weight what they'll do is because fat fat is very tasty they'll start putting fat all over the place uh, another thing is, like, let's say you say, hey, you know, you can have nuts and seeds, okay, cool, and then nuts and seeds will be everywhere. They'll be in their pockets, they'll have nuts and seeds in their car, and you have to look at the density of the food. So, if let's say you have, you know, you have rice, for example, right, and you have a cup of rice, it'll be like, you know, 400 calories or 200 calories, right? Let's, let's say we have a pound of rice, you know, that'll be technically, I'm sorry, let's say we have a pound of rice right and that would be like around 400 calories and then you have a pound of oil just do the math the, the amount of energy that is in a pound of oil is a lot higher so when so you why would you want to eat you, that? You, because you, because in reality we're not supposed to eat so much we're supposed to eat less and the reason why we eat so much anyways is because we have access to it so you know there's different tricks that people do but if you go more plant based and you take out the oils right that because you know most people say oh i'm going to get fat off of a off of a potato, right? Well, are you really getting fat off of a potato, or are you getting fat because the potato has sour cream, it has oil, it has cheese? I love my butter. Brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but mind you, the the mean, yeah. mind you, the greatest guys who do like they're they're in the fitness industry. What they're doing is they're starving themselves. They're they're counting their macros. They're measuring their food. So when you when you look at that industry, that is their job. I can't tell somebody who's 100, 300 pounds, like, yeah, I want you to count your fucking calories. It's not going to work. Sorry if I cussed. It's not going to work because you're fighting something that is innately kept kept society alive forever. And that's like when you see something, right, and it's highly caloric, you're going to go for it because you're supposed to survive. So when you do a whole food plant-based diet, you're sometimes you take out of that diet, right, or even a Mediterranean diet, where you bring down the, the the fats and the protein, what'll end up happening is is that the person's eating more whole foods and whole foods are like they're thicker, so they there's more weight in the body. There's more weight in the stomach, I mean. And then they have a lot of fiber. So that'll keep you satiety is what it's called. So you'll be full. Now, mind you, you have to be able to absorb it, you have to be able to ingest it, you have to be able to want it. But the reality is, is if you go more whole foods style, you'll be able to technically uh, get away from all the highly caloric foods. You know, what most people do is, what I've seen most people do is like low carb, for example. Most people don't do it right. They end up actually eating more because they don't have the principles. People also do Mediterranean diet. They Mediterranean diet is covered. Their Mediterranean diet is covered with oil. Everything has oil. Every, and then by the time you're done, you actually do the math, right? And they're because they're eyeballing everything. Your eyes play tricks on you. At the end of the day, your you know your steak or your salad or whatever your salad could have another five uh, five hundred calories. You're thinking, oh, it's only sixty calories, and you know and I put a piece of chicken on there. You know a whole piece of chicken, and it's only three hundred calories. Right and in reality, like the chicken, you know, you put it in butter, and you know it's still on there, and there's oil. We're talking about a thousand calories, and so when you're thinking, I only ate a hundred, you know, one thousand, two hundred, in reality, you ate two thousand. Maybe you ate a little bit more, and you just didn't even know.
0: So, so what's your diet look like on a daily basis? I went, so when
1: I first started, I did a, like a like a modified Mediterranean. And I call it Mediterranean training because that's kind of like the way I, I call it, um. But pretty much when I did, I did I would do meats, and then I would do I would do some fats that were natural because those. Fats now when you say are, natural fat. What's natural that? fats are like nuts and seeds. We're talking about nut butters. We're talking about uh, olive oil. Is something that I you can ingest that doesn't give you an inflammation marker. But one tablespoon a day is is what is required. Uh, Doctor Longo who does the uh, pro ProLong- longo. Doctor Longo is a guy who does uh, uh, fasting. He does a prolonged box fast. He he says if you have if you only have one tablespoon of olive because he's Italian because he's not gonna give it that up he's gonna you can have you can have that and you can still be good to go anytime you go past fifteen percent fat in your diet if you don't absorb it you run the risk of having health issues same thing with protein when you look at it across the board you if you go past a certain amount and you can't absorb protein what will end up happening is you'll have health issues, and that's autoimmune. We're talking about arthritis.
0: You know, this is all very complicated, because I, yes. I look at guys like, uh, you know, the Liver King uh, or yeah. or uh, Paul Saladino. who's actually, I think he's from Virginia. Yeah. Um, you know, now lives between Texas and Costa Rica. I mean, those guys are carnivore, right? So
1: let's put it in perspective, okay? Perspectively, um, what, let's look at it this way. When you look at the food industry from the bodybuilding magazines and the magazines that are selling you goods and services, okay, all those things are hacks. And if you can do the hack, I applaud you. If you can do low carb, you can do carnivore, if you can do it for a year and years and years and years, I applaud you, you're good to go. Because at the end of the day, all those diets have less calories, right? They still have vegetables, they still fast, right? Now, the longevity of it, when you look at the science, okay, the, the people who are in the trenches right now, right, like Dr. Campbell, wrote the China study, like right? we're talking about uh, Engine 2, we're talking about all these other people who don't even do have a hardcore plant-based, you know, like Dr. and stuff like that. Like uh, all those people, they work in colleges. When you do the math, okay, a more plant ex- uh, plant-based diet with a little bit of meat, a little bit of fats, you're talking about people living longer, Less health issues. That's why I went that route. And for me, I was getting inflammation all over the place. And I did all those diets. And after a while, the stress—it just wasn't working for me. It was—I was. Yeah, and, sure. the, and this is
0: where I'll just you know give my two cents. I don't think there is a universal diet. No, there isn't. I, I, our ancestors, right? Yeah. The hunter gatherers uh-huh. ate what they got. The, the reality, right? <laughs> and, 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 and they didn't get—they didn't get a, the carnivore. Yeah, or the whole and, and this, diet and this memo. is
1: a, this is important to also make a note. Okay, to make a note on this. There's never ever been. A society fully vegan okay just throw that out yeah right and veganism is a political statement now don't get me wrong i do well it's
0: about meat it's about industrial meat it's correct meat. yeah, yeah. Right. and
1: then at the end of the day like you know if someone said hey i have some venison and they caught it and it was wild i'll eat it i have no problem with it i used to hunt you know i have no issue with it because it's healthier right than it is you know having meat once a year at christmas or something like that good to go if you have health issues guess what if you need to take meat out of your diet you should because you have diabetes. Yeah, I think you know? I think people have to
0: find what works for them. I mean, exactly. there are people that that have taken Correct. you know grains and vegetables out of their diet, right. and they did a good I job mean, of producing It's it's almost right? I mean it's almost but, a crime. but, but, but yeah. I yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah so that so the, you know like, I think Paul Saldino would be a good example. Of this, right. He had all kinds of issues, and so he was vegan for a while, yeah, and then and then he went you know kind of the carnivore. Now he's introduced fruit now, right? Yeah. So he's doing berries, and he's doing of you know. And why now is that. Because like he needs it.
1: Of course he does, and that's the problem, right? So you also have to ask the question: It's like how How is your microbiome totally shot, and you just can't absorb any of those other foods? Because traditionally society, uh, they hunted when they could, and then they planted, and then the most effective societies, right? I mean, just think about it. they like you know Rome attacked Egypt because the breadbasket of the world was there. So at the end of the day, we are we thrive more when we do eat. Carbohydrates, but when you have a person freak out because they they're comparing an apple to a stupid donut, come on,
0: man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. Well, that's you and I are in the same camp. That's the silliest mean, shit. Yeah, you know
1: yeah. that you can't you can't do that okay. to me,
0: man. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit. Regardless of what regardless if you're if you're. Eating a diet that works yes. for you. Let's talk about food timing, right? So you work yeah. out. Yes. Do you want to eat before or after the workout, or both? It,
1: it just depends what the person's doing. So at the end of the day, uh, what I normally see is that people eat too much fat, but they don't eat enough carbohydrates. They don't have enough. They don't have enough glycogen in their stores. So if they have too much of the junk in their body, usually what ends up happening is their numbers are not that great. If if they are if they're just maintaining or trying to gain weight, you need to have carbohydrates for the energy output. Right, You just have to. So if you eat before or after, that could be beneficial for you. And I say that could be because the variable is the person. I've seen people in here where they, they fast and they work out fasted, And guess what? They do a fucking phenomenal job. They're good. They get ripped. They're, they're getting more weight on their body. And then when they eat, they eat an hour later. And then they're filling up. Right, but that, yeah, let's talk a little bit yeah.
0: about that because I, um, you know, Dave Asprey. I think his most recent book is uh, Fastest Way, mm-hmm. and he talks about one meal a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure he views that as a, something you do in perpetuity, but Correct. it's it's a fasting style. Yes. Um, but that kind of piques my interest because I think the body mm-hmm. when you don't eat. Uh, or you're only eating one meal a day, mm-hmm. it gets super freaking efficient. Correct, it does. Right?
1: And, and that's so you just actually said it because I was going to talk about it. So at the end of the day, if you're a person, you need to lose 60 pounds, 30 pounds, or you're close to, you're like around 25% body fat or 30% body fat. At the end of the day, all this extra stuff that we're talking about, you don't need it. You just need to focus on creating a better diet that you can stick to. Something, something you also gotta think about your health and that's tremendously important. So doing all these hacks are not going to fix it. Making sure that you're eating underneath or close to your caloric caloric output is tremendously important. So it means you don't eat too much, you don't eat too little. And there's ways of doing that. That's why you know that's, you can have a conversation about that. But if you if you figure it out, that's what you should be doing first. Then once you're when you're talking about being a performance output, right? We're talking about an athlete. If you're trying to grow mass and you're optimized, meaning that everything you put in your body gets used, right? And if you don't eat, you get low numbers, you get fat. That means that means that you need to eat, and that's where you really want to get to, but it takes time to get there. And most people too, what they really need to focus on is getting better quality food absorption and then the second part is making sure they get in a proper rest and then making sure that they are working out really hard right really intensely and then after that is that they optimize their food intake by making sure that they're eating the right foods that they can absorb
0: yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit about and food meat. timing doesn't matter for them it doesn't yeah. it won't for them what about for hard gainer like me like
1: yes food timing is everything for you
0: so before, so what, what would be... Because the thing
1: about it is you're, when you look at you, you're, you're a lean person, right? Yeah. And, if I, and we can even do the test. You come in here fasted, you either do great or you do horribly, right? The biggest thing is you build when you are actually not working out. So when you're not working out, that's when you should make sure that you're keeping your body weight, uh, your body intake, or sorry, your food intake higher because you want the nutrition to make sure that you're using it up for building. Yeah. So, what?
0: What about? Uh, so, I you do build when you're when you're not actually not here. Correct. right? It's the recovery. You're destroying here. You're breaking. Yeah. Down. And then you go back. But you-, you need
1: the energy to do so because there is a balance between lifting more. And, and
0: intensifying the workout. So what about uh, essential amino acids? Uh, Those are all supplements. Creatine. Those are Those all supplements. Be helpful for-
1: uh, they can, and, and what I want people to understand is that it, if you want to, at the end of the day, make it simple, right? So don't go out and buy all this extra nonsense. It's not necessary. You can, but you're not there yet. So if you're starting out, the first thing you need to do is really focus on your food. So you can get all phytonutrients and all amino acids from technically varying your diet with fruits and vegetables and things like that. And getting, and you can also use, and sometimes people are very keen on using oils. So like, let's say for example, you have an olive oil or nut butter, stuff like that, and certain, like I have a lady in here, I I had to tell her like, hey, I want you to eat more fat, right? you'll lose more weight and you'll get stronger and you'll get fuller and she's like okay and that's what I asked her to do so and she actually she actually got she got more muscle in certain parts of her body because she's a natural and then she and then you know her we dropped everything else on our micronutrients but you have to get there right so at the end of the day food timing has its place but it's not the all and beyond. And at the end of the day, when you talk to anybody, it's it's really something people shouldn't be focusing on unless you have been at it for a while and you have your diet, your personal eating plan, like like clock, like clock clockwork. You yeah.
0: Know? Let's talk a little bit about recovery. So what are some things? I mean, I think of sleep in particular. Mm-hmm. So um uh, what are some some tips and tricks on recovery in general in between, mm-hmm. and between and then sleep
1: well what i find is stress is really uh, really a factor in a lot of people's uh, performance or even growing muscle so if you're not sleeping that's a big one so there's a lot of sleep studies that you probably already talked about them in your podcast yourself uh the sleeping is huge like yeah, so i i dropped like 10 pounds just sleeping because i used to work on the midnight shift when i was a police officer and then now i'm like okay now i'm on day shift and i'm like oh man i just lost tons of weight so i mean that's huge uh, stress is big too so if you're constantly in the you know in your office and your stress level goes high and it never comes down the bottom line is, is that you're not going to get optimization from that you're yeah. not going to enough because i'll do here for example i'll put i'll do a workout and you're doing okay everything is perfect the food the sleeping is great but then they're having a rough time in their job because they don't know how to manage their stress their numbers look like trash yeah,
0: You know. Yeah, I mean, so stress is an impact. Stress is an impact. Yeah.
1: The food also can cause stress. So that's a that's why it's important that you don't over drink. I mean, I'm I live an 80, 20 life. I still drink, I still have some bad things here and there, you know. But, uh, but you the compensate. but the reality is that the healthier I get, the more I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the more I don't want to have a glass, I don't want to have this, or I don't want to have that. Because then I feel it in my performance. Right, I yeah. feel it in my sports. Yeah you know yeah. so get your get your eating plan right that is important so if you're eating horrible food for example if you have too much salt some people are very sensitive to salt right and guess what you're not going to perform very well because you're getting arthritis from or you're getting aches other people uh, for example if they're getting tons of inflammation because they're eating inflammatory foods for their body because there could be subject A and subject B and that person's eating all the crap and then they're not feeling anything, but then subject B is eating all the crap. And they're like, well, why, why can't I perform like that person? Well, because you can't absorb that food. You're just not genetically able to do so. So let's talk a little about
0: recovery. So you have a great workout, you leave here. Yeah. How many days off should people take? Cause that's one of the biggest it depends. overtraining. It
1: right? depends. So in the fitness industry, most people do too much volume. That's a, like sets and reps. Mm-hmm. They do too many exercises and they work out too much. So people were in the gym like two hours. I used to be that guy. I used to be in the gym four hours. You know. Just and when you're younger, you can you can get you away. You can and and, and so the reality is is that if you look at anything past anything a little bit before the sixties, all the great bodybuilders who were still somewhat natural, okay, they all did three day splits. They would do two or three maybe chest like workout, and they would do you know, the very little, and then they would focus on the principles that I just discussed and then they would rest a lot they would play they would they would go on the beach they would ride bikes you know and that's what they would do and so if you're so obsessed being in the gym all day long you're just wasting your time what i suggest for people who are trying to just stay healthy and getting a better physique and all that stuff is work out just 3 times a week if you know high intensity training you have a proper coach then do it once or twice a yeah week. and that's what i'm doing yeah, yeah you. do it I'm once doing, or twice i'm a doing week. once a week if week, you yeah. if you do the proper training right? And you do it for a prolonged time. Uh, play is important. You need an activity. And I suggest if you really want to get better at your lifting, better physique, having a sport will get you there, having something that's going to motivate you. So I have martial arts. I do martial arts. So for me, is you know, it's a combination of building mass, and it's also a combination of, of you know, speed, power, and agility. So I do a kind of like an overall type of workout. Uh, and that motivates me because it makes me a better, it makes me a better martial artist. Okay. But the reality is, is that uh, most people just need to focus on the recovery, and you need to find okay, when because if you recover appropriately, you'll grow muscle, you'll feel better.
0: So let's talk about the sleep component of recovery. Yes. So overtraining is one thing, getting proper rest is another, mm-hmm. um, and getting proper. sleep. Like I know when I don't sleep well, like yeah. I'm I'm devastated, Correct. right? Like you know, and if I have two nights in a row where I don't sleep well. It's a it then that is painful.
1: It depends on the person. So some people, if you talk to Doctor McDougall, for example, who does a whole food plant based diet, he'll say if you oversleep, that actually is very detrimental. I have no problems oversleeping. Yeah, so that but <laughs> yeah. for you that could be it. So for so you have to go experiment, right? So for you, if you do ten hours, that's like way too much for some people, right? If you do six, I would say six is about right for a lot of people. You know, right. To me, I'm right, right
0: around seven, seven. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of like the same way. And um, I w-
0: I tend to like I'm in bed by nine yeah. thirty. And I usually wake up anywhere from 4 to 5. Things. There's also
1: there's also a lot of that as a support when you wake up, too. So let's say you go to sleep early and you wake up around 4 o'clock. Uh, that's the best time to do meditations yeah. because you're in a theta state. Your, your brain is kind of like in this twilight. And that's
0: typically what I do. My routine yeah. is I wake up, like this morning, for example, I came to around 4 I lay there for a little bit. And then I use Nucom, which is like a meditative app that kind of suspends you between alpha and theta, and that that gives me more recovery time, so yeah. I can extend my recovery exactly. time. Uh, and I did that this morning for probably an hour and forty minutes. Correct. So for me, and you know, my Aura ring sees it as sleep because I'm almost there. Sometimes I conk back out when yep. I do it, um, and that can be that can be really helpful. So yeah, I think that.
1: Yeah, and you have to really experiment with your recovery time. So if you're an expert lifter and you've been doing this for a long time, I would suggest check your technique, check your food intake, um, see them where you're getting lazy. And then the next thing is look at your sleep, look at your eating, your water. It's another one. Yeah,
0: I will tell you, some of the best sleep I got uh, was about a year ago. I did. Um, I would do these these dairy-based um, yeah. Mono diets. Gotcha. I got, you, got you. Right? So I would I would drink nothing but goat milk mm-hmm. or, or dairy, but mostly goat milk, for like nine to... Mm-hmm. F- I think the longest I went was like 13 or 14 days. Yeah. So I wasn't eating anything solid. Mm-hmm. I would sneak like an energy bar every once in a while. Um, I would have a cup of coffee in the morning, but yeah. that's that's what I had. And, and then I was taking... I, I kind of cut back on the supplements, but I was taking some really good mineral supplements. Yep. Oh, my God. My sleep scores were like some of the best I really ever awesome. got. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I've kind of gone back there many times. It was like, what was part of the key? And I think for me, I know for me, like last night, mm-hmm. I had a good workout here. I went home, and I ate a lot for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I still felt full this morning. Yeah. My sleep was... And,
1: the, and that's how many hours did you take before you... you it Was a three hours? Because sometimes... I'm a bad person on this one, too. Like, I, if I... Yeah. I, I so, for two, me,
0: so. I, I got to have at least three hours Correct. between dinner. And I usually have yeah. to stack right Yeah, and I'm the same way. If I, so, so I agree if and I pay for it. Yeah. yeah. So, I think, for me, that was the insight was... And I've, I've done some you know, curiosity studies, yeah, exactly. so to speak, where I, I, I eat early. So Susan and I yeah. will have dinner at five mm-hmm. and that makes a tremendous difference in cool. my sleep score. Yeah, you know? and when I was back home uh, in, in August, visiting family, we were eating much mm-hmm. later, sleep suffered. So I think that's an insight for me. It is. People and, have to meal time. And to be, and to
1: be uh, really just a caveat to all of this is like, it, this all is great, what we're talking about, but if you can't do it and you can't keep it and sustain it for a long periods of time, then it's not good for you. Yeah, you know, and that's the big thing. I think people lose; they make things very complicated because they're trying to take shortcuts. But if the the best thing that you can do is stay on track, stay consistent. Yeah, consistency, particularly yeah. around sleep, like going yeah. to bed. Yeah. Consistency every time. is a big one, yeah. and that's consistent in all the categories that we discussed, and the recovery part too. When we're talking about like you know like how do you grow it it just really depends so if you're a newbie, your recovery time will be shorter if you are an expert lifter guess what it's going to have to take longer times i've actually been where i tore myself up so much in the workout I, I just took 2 weeks off and guess what my numbers were better and i actually gained an inch so if, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's insane how listening how to your body works. is yeah.
0: is is really important was well, there anything else on recovery you want to
1: you uh, no, I mean I think we we took care of it, so it's.
0: What about sleep hacks? Is there any any. Oh, uh, I've done,
1: I've done stuff like where like, you know, like when I was doing a uh, double shift, 16 hours and stuff like that, where like I used to sleep hack the hell out of myself, uh, you know, like 15 minutes and I used to like, you know, um, I used to, I used to just kind of do these REMs, uh, the REM uh, like naps where you try to get yourself into an REM deep sleep and then you wake up in you know, 15, like I think it was like 45 minutes, or no, 100 and 190 seconds. Yeah. So technically it was an hour. Yeah, it was like an hour and 15 minutes. And if I can kind of time it, I can be fresh and I can go for another, you know, eight hours without even feeling tired. All that stuff really works and you can really push that stuff. Um, but if you can avoid it, I would say that stuff is very stressful on your body. You yeah. Know? And then it, I, I was doing it because I, you know, I, it was a necessity because of the work that I was doing. You know, I have to be up, I'm driving cruisers and, or even in the military, I was doing stuff like that because, you know, you have to sit posts and it's about the mission. You know, and and mind you, like you know, people are taking like all sorts of stuff, like in the military. You know, they're doing the they're doing the coffee. You know, you name it, the supplement they're taking and stuff like that. So 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 they can stay awake, so they can perform better and things like that. And you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing. There's nothing like actually just sleep. Yeah, (laughs) I'm with you. I I have an O ring. I I, you
0: know I've had the O ring for over six years. I have tried. You know, melatonin Correct. magnesium I mean but, sleep it, remedy, but at the end of the day this it, like what's what's things.
1: the mission right if I'm just living life is big thing but if I'm trying to you know if I'm trying to kill the enemy it's a totally different story yeah and yeah. you know, if I have to you know if I have to really like you know pull a rabbit out of a hat so I can like stay awake while they're sleeping in the middle of the night and I have to do my job
0: that's what I'm gonna do yeah you know yeah For, thankfully I haven't had that but I I am very c- curious about sleep and I'm always trying mm-hmm. to um, you know get Get better at that. So, well, I, I may just kind of wrapping up on diet here. I think I may, you know, just explore again some fasting regimes. Yeah, fastings are good. And um, I think fasting has done me well. And I may try just a couple of days a week to try like one meal a day, just mm-hmm. to see how I do, and then how. You know, there's,
1: there's, like I said, like I uh, research. There's good support out there saying that you fast and you work out fasted. Mm-hmm. That that person technically uh, gets when you when you refeed, you get the stimulus for growth. So there is a benefit of being fasted, training fast, optimized, right? And then when you refeed an hour later, then the body goes, hey, there's some energy over there, I'm going to use that. And then you keep your caloric uh, intake the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then the body goes, I'm gonna use this to build and grow the muscle. And mind you, you know, if you get one inch a year, guess what? You did great. A lot of people don't understand that, that's, that, that they think, oh no, five pounds, no. You're not you're natural, and you're not have you know you especially if you're doing sports for a long time. If you get one inch a year, you're doing fucking great.
0: And one inch year one inch a year would be what's that equate to in terms of pounds per? Year? Like how yeah, many how agree. many pounds of imagine, muscle?
1: Imagine if you imagine if you take like a nice little solid steak from the store and and you throw it right on your bicep. And mind you, the body was very f- interesting too. So for example, let's say you're your brick house down here, your legs grow. That's where you'll get your inch. Let's say your back gets the inch. Maybe it's a combination. It could be a little bit of your legs. It could be a little bit of your chest and a little bit of your back. Or you could be that lucky guy that just, it's all upper body. And you have, and you have, uh, and you have uh, flamingo legs. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then you're really struggling. And you'll see it in bodybuilders who are professional doing drugs. They'll have their calves. They're not very well developed, but their legs are huge. And it's, and they really have to hack the hell out of their workouts to get those calves to grow. And because they have to really... And that's a potential is really important, too, is to, to equate to that, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's like, what is your genetic potential? Guess what? We don't know because you haven't really pushed it there, right? So, when you, you'll know when you push it there and you see some really results. That's all it is.
0: Let's shift gears. Um, yes. So, martial arts. You teach that here. Um, do you teach it, or I I,
1: te- you I teach it. I have a friend, uh, Frank Bugner, as well, who yeah. is also my teacher, because a teacher also needs to have a teacher himself, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, my background is in martial arts. I teach martial arts three times out of the week, and I would like to grow my my martial arts. Um, I came out of. Uh, I would say I came out of traditional jujitsu. Yeah right so it's uh, it's called taiho jitsu is it's called the taiho taiho jitsu so when i say that, when i say that usually it's equated to the japanese martial arts system of seizing or restraining that they have in the police college in japan right and uh, that's as much as i know and i did my research on that so that's the method that i came from uh, so it's just like what you see in mma it's just a lot of it is from a police seizing art um, and then the background that I have in stand-up has been in uh, like Chinese Kung Fu, uh, and then Karate, uh, and then of course boxing and combatives. Combatives is something that you see in military, uh, and also too you see it in uh, like, like Krav Maga as a form of combatives. Uh, that's very popular here in the States, uh, and there's all sorts of types of combat like Tony Blair has his own for version of combatives So I did the police versions of combatives and I've done a little bit of the problem And around. combatives
0: is to get you out of a jam or is, so it, co- combat- is it offensive?
1: So this is the categories have to be split in half so if you're a true martial artist means you have devoted time and effort in technically honing your base and then, and then it is a life, it is like you're, you're technically like learning a method or a, a system. Combatives is getting all to the kit, and the kit means, like let's say you're a Marine or a police officer, you're giving people who have very, very, very basic skills, right? And you need to train them and teach them very quickly in a matter of a month. So you need to give them the tools that they need so they can technically do the job, so they can get to their gun, get to their baton, get to their taser. Right, and it needs to be in a form where you they can escalate right, the matrix of violence in a uh, what we consider to be a lethal force all the way to the other matrix of violence, where it is technically uh, restraining control and also voice commands and everything else that is technically either passive or something where it's non lethal. So, those are the spectrums Got that you're it. trying to get, and depending on what service you're in. So, if you're in the Marines. They went from, they had line training, for example, and that was all, you know, death kill, you know, karate chops to the throat, things like that, right? Stomps to the face. And then now they're doing the McMap systems where they're doing, uh, they're, they developed a system that can go from really lethal to non-lethal. But at the end of the day, when you look at combatives, it's all about getting to the gun, getting to the baton or the taser. That's what it's all about. Mm. And it, it, it's very rudimentary and it does have its place. Prabh Maga has the same thing, but of course Prabh Maga also has structures and schools. So when you look at them, they have a whole system. Is that
0: Israeli based?
1: This is an Israeli martial arts that they developed from a lot of different martial arts. I've also done combat sambo, American combat sambo. And that's a martial arts uh, that technically originated in in Russia. And it it has a whole bunch of different folk systems that are in it. But that's also, and when you look at it, it almost looks like our system that we have here. But they're more based on grappling. They're more based on throwing. uh, They're also more based on using legs. As a form of, uh, as a form of like uh, takedowns and things like that. So it's just a different system that I trained, and that's actually where I got my medals too. So I went to competitions and stuff like that. Uh, sambo competitions are very interesting because you can kick punch and strike you can also take down somebody to the floor and So you have you have a nice little uh, Testing ground a pressure testing ground that you can technically so that I went that route. You can test a lot of skills Yeah, exactly when I did judo uh, judo. They're very I hate to say it, they're kind of snobbish so they unless you're in a judo club they won't let you in because not, I think a lot of it's politics, but they also don't want to look bad. But they also don't want people who don't know what the fuck they're doing in there. Jiu jitsu is more free, so you'll see wrestlers in jiu jitsu. You'll see all types of wrestling people in jiu jitsu, stand up people in jiu jitsu. And they'll just learn maybe a guard or a takedown. They keep themselves up so they can play their game, so they can test their skills out. Same thing in sambo. You'll have wrestlers go in there, you'll have boxers going there, and they'll learn two or three grappling moves so they can box the shit out of somebody. And that's when I was <laughs> there. And mind you, I did all this stuff when people weren't even well, like, we don't have, like now, we're so lucky like we have access to all these awesome athletes and all this data and things like that and then i also done uh, military like knife and, and stick arts as well uh and different i've done sword arts um, and you know it's been a journey for me so it's all about really honing my skills so now right now i'm learning a new system it's called the lucian uh, uh, lucian royal kung fu silat and so it's an indo yeah it's long so it's a combination it's an indonesian art uh, it's a combination of like Chinese uh, and also uh, Indonesian. Uh, there's all these other methods that are in there and it's a very unique art in its own. Um, it's mostly, the base of it is really a combative art because it is, when you put a blade in that art, it, it's very effective. When you put a stick in that art, it's very effective. And once you learn all of those weapon systems, you it translates right over into open hand. And to make a point, all jujitsu that we've done prior used to be that way. But we now, because people are making money off of the martial arts, sport has taken over. So whatever you do in sport is really people believe that that is there that is really effective. And then for a what I would say is from a non lethal standpoint, yeah, jujitsu is good. Right. But if we're talking about lethal force and you're trying to pin somebody to the ground, all of a sudden five dudes come out of nowhere and they start to stomp on you like you're in a gang. That's a bad day. Or someone takes out a knife or someone takes out a gun. It's a totally different monster that we're talking about lethal force now where you have to figure it out, either armed or not armed. And it's not a sport. You also, too, like in sports, you have gloves. And then so in the real, world, you don't. the real world, you don't. So the way you punch and the way you move is totally different than you do in a sportive aspect. Same thing in ground fighting is totally different. So if you look at the UFC, it favors the grappler. But if you have a grappler go off abroad, that favors the stand-up fighter. Because a lot of people overseas don't like grappling because they, they look at it as like they stole are in the old school mindset of, hey, this is a martial arts. It's for effectiveness against multiple people. So they in other in other countries, like for example, let's look at Mexico. Like grappling is not a huge thing there; boxing is. Because at the end of the day, if you can stand up on your feet and you can knock out two or three people, right? You're that's good. That means you're a good fighter. Yeah, got it. And then mind you, if you, let's say you put a knife in somebody's hand and you have boxing skills, yeah, imagine you trying to grapple somebody with a blade like that. It's not gonna happen, buddy. You're gonna get cut up. You know, and you have to be realistic. I mean, as a police officer, you see a knife. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm going to take out the weapon. I'm going to create a lot of distance, you know, because yeah. cause I don't care how lo- how many um, how many uh, takeaways you've done in practice. Uh, a knife is a very, very unique tool. It never runs out of ammo, and it's a very scary tool. And if you don't know what you're doing, you, you I mean, a, a 12-year-old boy can slash you up, and you won't even know it before you see, oh, cool, there's blood here. That's great. You know, <laughs> I just got cut with a razor blade. You know, so we're talking about a totally different monster uh, when we're
0: talking about edge weapons. Yeah. You know? Cool. Uh, how about Tai Chi? Are you? Uh... Uh,
1: my my friend does Tai Chi, and I have done it as like I've done it more like from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah. Like, but I've done it in a class. But my friend, uh, he hasn't taught me Tai Chi yet. But I'm very interested in what I gathered from. So right now I'm also learning forms. I was totally against forms because I just because of just my background, it was all about hitting gross motor skill stuff like that. Uh, then when I did this art, I started getting back into forms. So I almost went full circle. Uh, and it's now that I have all the knowledge, it almost opened and liberated my mind, and I'm like, man, I'm seeing things that I didn't see before. So when it comes to Tai Chi, uh, Tai Chi, when it's done right, is a great structure for all other arts. Yeah. You know, and I think what most people, when most people do, is that they learn these systems and they don't have the background and actual real world experience, so they lose out on the combative aspects of them. So you can't translate the art, the soft. Portion of the art into a dynamic portion of the art. For example, let's take let's take Aikido because I've done more Aikido than I've done Tai Chi. When you look at Aikido, it is a set patterns of movements that have certain principles. When I've seen people use uh, Aikido right against a wrestler or a boxer or something of that nature, they try to stay in the art of the Aikido. They start to stay in the form. They're missing the. They're missing the concept. Where is the leverage? Where is the balance point? Right. Instead of being, let's say, instead of they get married to the form, they get married to the form. They don't understand the principle. They don't understand that. Well, when the shoulder comes down and the and the shoulder comes down and the other shoulder goes up, if they just put a little bit of leverage and they just kind of bend a little, a couple of a couple of fractions of a second in this timing part, that person's gonna flip over but mind you if you know it's it's a flow right so they're working flow
0: well bruce lee always ranted against yeah. too much too much structure correct much form, exactly right? he was always and, like ah.
1: and so i think with, when you look at aikido the best aikido people that ever taught me did aikido and also did jiu jitsu and what you would do is if they were really good they would because they were doing both they can merge the two and understand that they can apply all the yeah you you apply the you're applying
0: the principle
1: and the concepts and the tactics
0: and the uh, and the strategies well back to tai chi i mean i like for example i've been you know doing the horse dance i've been trying to do it on a daily basis um when i haven't come here yeah yeah i did it for a bit this morning like seven minutes well frank
1: will teach you if you want to do some tai chi Uh, he's very good at it yeah but
0: it's so meditative like i just find it's super central Like that's kind of how I do my, my meditation. And that's how I
1: look at the forms too. I mean, I've had, with him. He's tested me, and we did a hundred repetitions of a form with weights and, and arm weights and leg weights and stuff like that. And I, I was having like a out of body experience. I was like, I was feeling like I was in the Marine Corps boot camp again. And I was like, my my life was going past you know past yeah. my eyes, you know. And those are really epiphany moments when you start doing martial arts that way.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's conclude with a few thoughts on mindset because I think. You know, you can have the great diet, you can have the biohacks and the mm-hmm. supplements, but you got to have your heart and your mind in the right space, in the right place. Correct. Uh, what, are, what are what's some tips and trips and trips and advice for people about the importance of mindset? I
1: think cultivating a, a better a better mind is tremendously important. Yeah. Um, I would advocate doing meditation. Um, there's lots of methods out there. Uh, the method I use is the Joe Dispenza method, but I've done hard math. I've done a lot of different meditations. With um, the meditation that you can do every day, and you can, and, and they have different steps and modalities, and they have a system, is more important than you just kind of going out there and listening to binaural beats and trying to figure it out, right? Uh, so definitely pick something that you will stick to, and it has a progression. And it also gives you a sense of observance, meaning that you can observe your behavior. Yeah. And then the other thing is that you can integrate and apply. Yeah. So integration and grounding is tremendously important then and then you know like i i was a big advocate of uh, the stoic philosophy at one point and i still believe it, i think it's really good and those have their applications um and so i think mindset is huge goal setting is another version of it i you know uh, making it simple easy like just getting a little flashcard writing your goals on there watching them every day um you can get more intricate if you like do vision boards and stuff yeah. like that uh, but i find that I find that um, if you're doing more like a law of attraction stuff but you don't have the right attitude for it meaning you're not really vibing what when, when I mean vibing is is that in your brain you're constantly talking negative because you're saying great stuff outside and to the outside world mm-hmm. but if you're constantly in your brain listening to that roommate in the in your brain talking negatively then you're not gonna succeed because the the things that you do, unconsciously are the things that are actually yeah
0: well the old saying goes an unconscious thought that's not made conscious shows up his feet and
1: mind you the only at the end of the day like the past doesn't really mean anything the future is created by you and the only thing that really matters is the present moment And the present moment is more important. And being a master of your feelings is really what you should get into. So a lot of people, when they talk about the Stoic philosophy, if you really like, you ever read any Marcus Aurelius meditations? He was amazing. Yeah, he was an amazing guy. And if anything, he cultivated the aptitude for a person to understand who they were, what their feelings are, and where they are, and what they can control. And what most people believe a, the the Stoic philosophy would be is technically clocking out, not understanding yourself, and technically uh, and technically projection or, or your technically avoidance. Um, and that's what most people think it is, but it's not. Uh, that's why you have to be, you have to understand, why am I feeling this? Way? Like asking the question, why am I feeling this is really strange? Why am I feeling in this manner? Understanding it. Giving yourself solutions and then applying those solutions and putting it out into the world and then learning how to learning where it is so like let's say you have trauma right And that trauma exists understanding where your trauma comes from because you know I've been in the military I've been blown up before and things like that I was like oh man I'm jumping like how do I control that like where is it coming from what is my fear and things like that so understanding that portion is really really important therefore you're in you're you're not a victim you're in control of what you're thinking and where you're going yeah
0: you know yeah I mean there's a saying um, you know awareness is the key to solving correct life's problems and, that and that's that why
1: meditations like the, the meditations that really focus on observance yeah. of yeah. your being behavior the, being the
0: word the third person and being able to watch exactly. yourself in real time yeah
1: you know and, and that's another thing too it's like some people are not able to achieve these things so I'm a big advocate of like and I've done the studies on and stuff like that I'm like you know as a police officer like you know I, I see a lot of people like we drink and we oh drinking's really bad and stuff like that and it is actually if you look at the data you will see that there's a the alcohol is tremendously horrible destructive, for yeah. destructive um, but you know but you know but then you know we we don't look we look at we don't look at that as being a destructive thing because it's a normal thing but then we it's look socially acceptable yeah yeah it was socially acceptable and then we look at marijuana and like well last time I checked I never had to I never had to roll someone on the floor because they're on marijuana they usually just you know couch sick right <laughs> uh, and they're also thinking a different they're also thinking differently in their brains right and same thing with people who are on mushrooms or things like that Methamphetamines and coke and these are other things that I'm not going to get into those are not progressively amazing you know they're not going to do anything surprisingly recently I, I, I saw I was like listening to a podcast where Bruce Lee used cocaine as a, as a form of a performance enhancement drug and I was like well that explains a lot Right? But those are hard stuff, but I do believe that the future will hold, uh, you know, marijuana as some kind of a tool for health. And the same thing with, uh, with mushrooms as well and other psychedelics and stuff like that, you know, like ayahuasca and things like that. But at the end of the day, you don't really need them if you do proper meditation. And I yeah. think if you get it, but I know a lot of people, they just can't get out of their heads, they can't get out of their trauma.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, I think I think we'll just wrap up here. I mean, trauma yes. is a whole nother podcast. That, that's a whole podcast yeah, in that's a whole pod- and that-
1: I do train people who have that.
0: Yeah, you you gave me some good advice, and, that, and I think your tip on around immersion was really helpful. Yeah. And that's just you know feeling into it, and then kind of expanding your view to see that the world is big and there's plenty of energy around you. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I really like Joe Dispenza's method of of mm-hmm. clear intention. Mm-hmm. Elevated emotion through wire of yes. the brain.
1: I started with shamanism, so yeah, I find that his stuff is more palatable for the average bear.
0: Yeah, um, the one thing we haven't talked about is Life Wave, so yes. I introduced you to Life Wave. I think it's great, man, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, um, I'm under the belief that we're uh, probably 160 years behind on our actual science that is actually out there. There's a lot of people in the trenches right now, like doing things with uh, so. Doing things with alternative medicines is what you, I guess it would be considered, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So at the end of the day, I think the life wave when I first started doing this, so the way I explain it to somebody, maybe you can explain it even better, is that uh, I believe in acupuncture, I believe in massage. I even believe that the body heals itself, and I know for a fact it does because I've seen it has happened with me, and I've seen the data on it. There's more science about it. Uh, life wave. I think if if a person can't go those higher routes, right? The life wave, I think, is a is phenomenal tool. I mean, I've even done, I even done. Uh, what's it called? The sound therapy as a form of. A, yep. I, I got put. Yeah. I got put into a. I got put into a uh, trance state with sound therapy, uh, and then I had an emotional release. It was really interesting. But with the life wave, uh, I did the X thirty uh, nines. And the minute I had them, I was actually seeing, I'm very sensitive to this stuff. So I was actually seeing results right away. And I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm, I feel awake, even though I barely had any sleep. And then the, the flow, of the energy was really good. The pain, it was it stuck because I trained, you know, I was like, oh, not my workouts were pretty good too as well. The beauty about it is that was my experience when I started giving it to my family members, uh, you know, like, you know, my, my friends and stuff of like that. They're like, and I was like, whatever's happening, it feels great. And then, you know, you can go there, oh, it's placebo, and I'm a big believer in placebo, but I, I know for a fact I know it's doing more because uh, the minute uh, I gave it to my, the massage therapist who works here, who's, her name is Katya, she put it on her back and her belly, and then the minute that she put it on there, the, her belly area started technically to have a reaction. And I'm thinking in my head, well, I researched why I would do that. So I looked at all life wave things, and I'm thinking, well, it, it bounces heat or light back into your body. So if it's really, and she has, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to get into it a little personal, but she has some problems in her belly area, right, in, internally. And so what happened was is that it's actually cleansing that area. She was getting a super reaction. And then same thing, uh, she, was, she always talks like very spiritual. She was like, oh, my throat shock. You know like a, a, it's kind of stuck because she does meditations so when she put it when she put the light wave patch behind her neck on, on the in the far bone up here mm-hmm. at the top she was getting an allergic reaction and i actually got an allergic reaction too yeah. as well yeah. with the glutathione i yeah, do the glutathione i'm like yeah. and i and i kind of like what are the symptoms that you get when you're having a detox thing because i felt detoxed yeah right and i kept it for 12 hours and i had to stop the first day and then i had i waited two or three days and i did it again yeah. Uh, when i was drinking coffee it was bothering me so i know for a fact i shouldn't be having coffee but that's um uh, then the, then i started using also to the um what's it called uh, the ice waves uh, you know I, I just told my mother so let me, let me just
0: interject here and frame this for people yes. so life wave is a non-transdermal yes. patch it looks like a nicotine mm-hmm. patch and you put it on different plates in the body right. and there are different patches for different things so he talked about the x39 the x39 mm-hmm. stimulates stem cells yes X forty nine is for recovery. The glutathione stimulates yes. um, glutathione up to three hundred percent, and it is it is a po- it's way potent than any
1: and, supplement. It, and to throw something yeah. out there, so look. So a lot of people like when a lot when some people are way too cerebral and they're stuck in their ways. So I, I gave it to some people like I knew they weren't gonna believe in it, uh, so they were giving me like uh, you know like oh this is debunked blah 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 this and that and the other and they were giving me old data on on uh, stem cell research, and I go you know when you fast you create haptology and then on top of that you create stem cell growth you create the better stem cell but this does it better because i don't have to suffer through a fast to do so right. you know but mind you all the articles they they were just googling because they're experts and they were giving me this stuff and i'm like okay cool i understand the science behind it but this is all more like you're you're implanting things you're going to mexico and doing these projects but they they didn't even talk about diet and how you can technically do that so i know for a fact like when i use these things I know it's working. I mean, I gave it to my mom. I t- it's going to make it feel better, trust me. Okay, and she put it right on her knee, and she goes, yeah, I felt better for 12 hours. It's great. Yeah, you know, they're
0: they're a tool. They're a fantastic they're just tool. A tool. They're just in, you know, I've spent. And, time and they them. have their
1: place. I think I think people need to be very very open and realistic. For example, if I got shot in the chest, okay, I want a doctor. Gotta, I, I gotta I gotta have the real things, right? Okay. Am I gonna have a sound therapy person or a massage therapist do that? Everything every medicine has its place. It's like when I use a whole food plant based diet to make sure that your inflammation is down and you stay healthy. It's just it's just it has its place. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah.
0: Where can people learn more about Council Conroy and Crowbar Gym? I'm uh, down here in downtown Leesburg. Uh,
1: you're more than welcome to come by. Uh, just go to my website, www.crowbargym.com, uh, and just put your put your info in there. I have a little box. And then what I do is I just set up a free introductory workout with a, with a session and uh, and we'll just talk about what your needs are. And what I do is I compress a 45-minute workout into 15 minutes and I do it safely. So let's say you have bad back, shoulders, all these other things. I tailor the workout so you won't hurt yourself. And I've brought people back from bad shoulder injuries, knee injuries, back, you know, shoulders, all that good stuff. I brought them back where they're lifting and they're moving and they're functioning. I had one lady who used to own a uh, yoga studio and she had to quit because she got took a car accident couldn't bend her knees after we trained here after five years not finding any solutions I put her here and I put her through a workout very nice and gentle and then she goes oh I don't need it anymore I did my 12 sessions I feel great I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm not that I, I would love to come back but I, I, this is what I came for I came here to get fixed and I was like alright cool I, I, I hate to miss you but I'm glad I did something
0: yeah that's you awesome know? that's awesome alright crewbargym.com is there an Instagram?
1: Yeah, yeah I have Instagram. It's uh, gem 18 uh, Then you can just put Hansel Conroy, uh, J-A-N-C-E-L-C-O-N-R-O-Y. You guys can look me up yeah. there too.
0: And okay. Awesome. Well, this has been a ton of fun um, chatting with you today. I'm sure uh, we'll do it again, but uh, yeah. Excellent. Thanks, man. Awesome. High five. High five. All right. Did you know that your immune system has two branches, Th1 and Th2, innate and innate? the adaptive system. And that 80% of your immune function resides in your gut. However, the immune system become can become dysregulated, either through stress, illness, um, life events, things like that. And also you can develop poor cell-to-cell communication. So in other words, things can become dysregulated. Now, traditional immune support like vitamin C, zinc, quercetin, N-acetylcysteine, echinacea, things like that, elderberry. Those are all great. Those are ingredients that your immune system can use to do its job. But what if the flight plans have gotten a little bit scrambled? Well, there's a way to deal with that now, right? There's a there's a new kid on the block um, that's a new class of immune support that actually targets the gut uh, where 80% of the immune function resides. And it's called holoimmune immune. And it's a new class of product because it's a para probiotic. So these are strains of young probiotics that have been heat treated and, and killed. And so that changes the cellular nature and how they communicate uh, with the cells in the gut. And so it really basically modulates the immune system and rebalances Th1 and Th2 and enables better cell-to-cell communication. I've had great results with this product. I take two every day. Um, you know, with my breakfast. I feel more energy. I feel more balanced. Um, So this is a great addition to your immune support, and I think it's worthy of you giving it a try. You can visit healthygut.com and use the discount code THRIVE15 for 15% off your order for HoloImmune or any of the Healthy Gut products. Thanks
1: and enjoy.